0: Listening to the Atomic Geeks, a podcast covering movies, TV, comic books, video games, and everything in between. So geeky.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Atomic Geeks podcast. My name is Michael Di Giovanni. I'm sitting in the captain seat of the Millennium Falcon for tonight, and while I'm doing that, I am rocking a Devil's Pale Ale. So let's see what other Padawans are joining me tonight.
0: Oh, hello, Internet! It's your pal Christian from the town of Oakville, and I'm sitting down at the cantina, trying not to get, trying not to get into a lightsaber fight while drinking a cool tall can of Carlsberg. Carlsberg, Carlsberg—it's beer in a can—and I'm drinking it. (laughs) That's about it. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Internet. Mike Downs here,
2: out in Lower Sackville, Nova Scotia. Um, my name is Mike Downs, and I'm a Star Wars fan. Star Trek's okay. I kind of like Stargate, too, but never, ever has there been anything better than the Star Wars. Um, I'm drinking a Sleeman Clear. Um, I've been drinking them since noon. Uh, perhaps if I keep drinking them, I'll get drunk, drunk sometime tomorrow.
1: Oh, shit. Look out. Okay, well, at this point is when you would hear the incoherent ramblings of one Mr. Andrew Bloom But unfortunately, we're a bloom down this week. So like always, we put the geek flag flying. And who came a calling? Mr. Mark Dury. So say hello, Mark.
3: Andrew, I'm taking your spot again. I'm going to become (laughs) permanent. This is a slow process
1: that you're angling
3: bloom out here, eh, Dury? Just a little bit at a time.
0: It's always nice to have such a, a a nice guest host with less hair than that Andrew fella. <laughs> <laughs> I know it doesn't get in my teeth,
3: which is so nice.
1: That's right. So uh, Jerry, are you drinking
3: anything before we get yes, into this? Yes, I am uh, I'm hiding in my basement in Toronto because my mother-in-law is visiting tonight and she's commandeered the uh TV upstairs and is watching uh, American Idol, her shows. So I'm drinking a steam whistle in the basement in my underwear.
1: Good stuff. I have a visual image of her in a nightie with curlers in her
3: hair. It's probably not too far off, actually. (laughs) That's right. Screaming at the TV.
0: Sing, you bastard. Sing.
3: May be able to hear it in the background. She's losing her hearing. So it's really loud.
0: Mark, my my bunions need rubbing. Where are you? These kids are so talented.
1: (laughs) Okay. Here they are. All right. So before we get into tonight's topic... It's time for a little
2: geek news. <sighs> geek news.
1: That's right. It's geek news time. So does anybody have any geek news out there?
3: I do. I have some Star Wars geek news. Um, would you like to hear it? Why, yes. Yes, I would. It's kind of appropriate considering the day. Okay, um, well, I just actually read this a few minutes before we began recording. Um, but I see that, uh, GPS, uh, manufacturer TomTom is going to start releasing Star Wars characters. You'll be able to download Star Wars voices like Darth Vader, C3PO, Yoda, and Han Solo for 13 bucks each. And they will, uh, guide you on your way while you're driving. And that just what? sounds insane. And no, wait a second though, hand
0: Solo, like, like I, yeah. is it actually is Harrison Ford actually doing the voice?
3: I can't imagine it is. He's so cranky. There's no way <laughs> he he'd uh, he'd allow that to happen. But maybe it's a sound alike, or maybe they're splicing together bits of text. I don't know.
1: This car <laughs> did the Kessel Run in six void.
3: Turn turn right here. <laughs> well, you, you, you know what? an R two D two on there though.
2: <laughs> we know what's funny about this. I, I actually have a TomTom, and um, I have John Cleese's voice as uh, give me directions. So uh, it's kind of funny. Um, but uh, and there is a Star Wars one, but it's really it's like or it's, it's Vader, but it's horrible. It's not very good. So maybe this is like them kind of combating that and trying to do like a real license one, maybe, and get yeah. some sort of cash off it. I guess.
3: Well, yeah, this would... comment uh, on the on the news site that uh, I'm reading on Geekology.com. Great site, name. by the way. Great site. Yeah. Um he makes a good point that, you know, Yoda like will be saying kind of everything in reverse order. So he'll be getting fucking lost all the time. I know,
0: <laughs> I know people are going to go, did he say left or right? He said left, honey. Left you must go. <laughs> <laughs> but jesus if, if if c3 i wouldn't want c3po as one of the voices because every time you go for a ride in the car it feels like you're fucking like having a stress attack for christ's sakes you know every turn right here whoa, stop at the next light
2: whoa
3: <laughs> well, well, just, in, well, in,
2: in, in, in fact how, how good is this idea at all like r2d2 is going to be like beep doo beep loop beep poop. you would be like well, i'm fucking dying here motherfucker. dude that's
1: what i was just going to say this would be no good if all of a sudden you have like the Jab of the Hut one,
3: so it's like, <laughs> bo shooter, shishi <she>, <laughs> sofo. I not thought not a
2: better business investment at all.
3: I, <laughs> want, I want Chewbacca as my co pilot. <laughs> I would love that.
1: <laughs>
3: That's going to be the top Three
0: selling, one, just back. for the sheer kicks out of that one. I oh, think they're missing out on the best one of all, though. They need a friggin' Lando voice, man. <laughs> just turn right at Cloud City. <laughs> well, I mean, like,
2: uh, you know, Beyond the Dead, Ben Kenobi is probably the most obvious one. <laughs> turn
0: right here. Turn right <laughs> Yeah, turn in the, the, the stereotypical the ghost voice. voice. <laughs> oh, turn right here. I'm a ghost. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then you, but you
3: just be looking at your dashboard going, Ben? Right. <laughs> and he's telling you to turn off the GPS, <laughs> turn off your guidance system.
0: That's right. Glass. Put on changes for guys. Yeah, put on that helmet with the was it the blast guard on it. So <laughs> you'll be fine. The
3: <laughs> so only thing he says
0: It's a
1: streetlight.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Try again.
3: That's it's so funny. Star Wars GPS, man, it was fun. Oh, so Downs, you said you have a John Cleese one.
2: Yeah, it's actually pretty funny. Um, I'll tell you the two funny comments. So you know, he, he tells you to turn or whatever, and so the one funny one is he uh, when you're coming up to a turn, he'll say uh, in 800 meters or, or he goes in half a mile or yeah, in 800 meters, what what I would call half a mile, but we can't because that little bastard Napoleon take a left turn, and that's that's when his first one. Uh, and then uh, when you arrive at your destination, he'll, he goes. Uh, uh, here you arrive at your destination. Please feel free to get out and stretch your legs. Uh, I won't be helping with you, you with your bags, though. I've helped you quite enough, and that's
3: basically. I bet that's funny. as funny the hundredth time as it is the first time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's better than I like. What I mean, I don't know. Is there, it, it, it's not a real like? It, it gets everything gets old after a while. I found so, but it's you need something. So at least it's John Cleese. I don't use it that often, anyways.
0: Yeah, it's like the hundredth time. By the 100th time you use it, it's like at the end of the trip, you're like, fuck
3: you, John Cleese. <laughs> fuck you,
0: John Cleese. Well, it actually Gracie gives us a little so bit of personality. Big.
3: And then you, you know? realize it's actually like a live voice connection you have with him because he has nothing else to do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, fuck you,
1: Mike Downs. <laughs> what? I <laughs> can just see him sitting with like a headset on, like following.
0: <laughs> waiting for <laughs> you to call. No, he's got this gigantic Brainiac computer helmet <laughs> stuck in, in his basement. He's like, and he's giving out commands to commuters all over the planet.
3: there's only so much funny to go around though
1: (laughs) so uh before uh before we move on uh does anyone else have any geek news
0: hey i've got some geek news uh straight hot off the press or the internet you might say uh marvel marvel studios has announced that they have cast uh, Captain America's longtime villain, the Red Skull, for the Captain America movie. And that dude is Hugo Weaving.
3: Yeah, that's a good choice. Uh, that's uh, a great the, choice, For those forehead. who don't
0: know who the hell this Hugo guy is, I'm terrible with names as well. Uh, th- that's basically uh, one of the, the the guys from The Matrix. Um, Eugene Smith. Name. Mr. Yeah, and Lord of the Rings as well. He was a guy with elf ears in that movie, I think. And the really big <laughs> forehead. Yes, yeah, and the really big forehead. He's <laughs> usually known for that.
1: Well, it's the perfect thing. The guy's name is the Red Skull. I mean, you have to have a good fucking forehead for this role. Let's be Or honest. You at least
0: have a skull. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true. That helps. That's the first step. No, I think that uh, is inspired casting. I mean, when I, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, who else could play this fucking guy, man? Like, I think that is just fantastic i think he's got the voice for it really good
0: stuff yeah ct from nerd lunch was saying on twitter that this guy's got super duper geek cred along the lines of chris evans now because he's been like in viva vendetta you know the matrix lord of the rings transformers (coughs) cough but still you know he
3: was in trans parts oh yeah he did the voice of megatron right
1: yeah, he's on fire. Actually, as far as geek cred goes, I mean, he's got to be up there in terms of all the shit that he's. I mean, if only he was had a small part in Star Wars, I think he'd. You know, he pretty much would have had every base covered. But uh, I think that's fucking great casting. What you? The rest of you agree?
3: I, I think that's a pretty good casting. I don't know a lot about Red Skull though, so he's evil. I know what he looks like, but I, I don't. Yeah, know. he's his, a Nazi. Uh, his mo.
2: Yeah, I don't think there's a whole... Isn't he kind of, like, stereotypical, pretty much? What? Villain with a red skull?
0: Yeah, I guess <laughs> you could say that. Well,
2: and Nazi. I mean, like, he's just, like, a big, angry
0: Nazi, red-headed skull dude. Yeah, but he 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 was Captain America's arch-nemesis from World War II. It had to be a Nazi, for Christ's sakes.
3: But he's not... He doesn't, like, take the place of Hitler, you know? Like, there still is a Hitler. It's just the, he's kind of, uh, like, a... the. Uh, Nazi secret ret- weapon.
1: Yeah, he's sort of Hitler's right hand man, if I remember correctly from the comics. Uh-huh. Like he is not like the Hitler in within that story. He works with uh, with Hitler, but yeah. uh, but he you're does
0: right. Hitler- He has Hitler like qualities though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if
1: you hang out with Hitler, you kind of he rubs off on you somewhere.
3: Like he was an artist when he was younger as well, <laughs> like Hitler was. <laughs> yes, he liked to dabble in watercolors.
1: Yeah. He grew up in Bruges. He had webbed
0: <laughs> feet.
3: Uh, so they just they just hit it off i suppose
1: but you know it's interesting because that's uh they're really starting to nail casting with a lot of these superhero movies chris evans is up for debate i think that's good we'll see how he does but in terms of villains they're really on fire because i like that hugo weaving one and uh the guy playing sinestro in the green lantern movie is also another really good one you know mark I'm not sure if you guys are going to know the guy by name, but his name's Mark Strong. He's been in a lot of Guy Ritchie movies. He, in fact, was uh, the villain in the Sherlock Holmes movie. He was the yeah. villain in Kick-Ass. Oh, yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah. that dude. That guy's playing Sinestro, and when you actually start to picture Sinestro a little bit in his tone, that's also great stuff as well, I think. So I think like, he'll make he, a great Sinestro. He was I a pretty John good villain in that be Sherlock better. Holmes. Yeah. Did you say John Waters would be better?
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're
1: still thinking. Of, you're still thinking of Sinestro as that sort of like French butler. The mm, yeah, yeah isn't that what he looked like. He kind of <laughs> does, good. but they've actually in the comics now they've tried to flesh him out and made it, make him a bit more of like a badass.
3: Yeah, and oh, not okay. so fey. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> So that's why you need a guy like with the name Mark Strong. <laughs> Mark uh, Strong. That's right, Green Lantern. You look marvelous.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, they unfortunately you like my yellow ring? they couldn't <laughs> they
1: unfortunately couldn't hire Dave Gaylord. So <laughs> <laughs> then <man> with
0: <laughs> Strong. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing they didn't hire Wilbur PussyPants. <laughs> <laughs> <What? laughs> well, I'm gonna take that perfect
1: segue. <laughs> What? Uh, and move us on into our topic tonight. It's time we're going to be dabbling again in the what if area. We did this before where we talked about what if some superhero scenarios. Today, at the time of this recording, it's International Star Wars Day. So we thought it would be fitting Yay. that we do a little what if Star Wars so, if you don't understand what the "what if" concept is all about, first of all, you've never read any Marvel comics, a, and also never listened to our podcast before. But for the uninitiated, and, and are pretty stupid because it seems pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> but I will explain, just as being the great host. Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, discuss some uh, scenarios set in that very favorite uh, galaxy far, far away, and see what would have happened if events would have went down a different path from the established norm in the movies. So, uh we got I have a list of a, a bunch of different scenarios here that we're going to chew on. So, why don't we get right into it, fellas? So, here's the first one. What if C-3PO and R2-D2's escape pod didn't land on Tatooine but instead landed on another planet? So, to create a little bit of context here, this is uh pretty much the beginning of Star Wars Episode Four, uh, A New Hope, where the droids were on the ship with Leia and Vader and escaped in the escape pod, and they eventually land on Tatooine, which basically starts off the events of that film. But what if that escape pod went awry and landed on any other planet? What would happen?
3: <laughs> well, possibly anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think frankly if it missed Tatooine the odds of it landing anywhere are very very remote which actually would have been pretty funny in itself
1: but you know what let's think about this because when you think about the events that happen in the I, it's so stupid to call them the, the old films let's just say 4, 5 and 6 the latter half of the, of the saga that point in time with the, the droids landing on uh, Tatooine Is pretty fucking pivotal. If they, if they didn't get there. A whole lot of shit would not have happened.
2: Right. So, so here, here's a, a, a serious answer to the question, right? So at this point in time, like what, what, what this is about is this is about the Emperor and the, uh, and the, uh, the creation of the Death Star, right? These are the Death Star plans. This is what needs to get to Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, the fact that it, that it's in the message intended for Obi-Wan Kenobi tells us that, you know, she, she, Princess Leia must have known where she was, you know, so that, so that it, the idea is that it gets to him. So, say uh, R two lands on some other planet. We won't worry about C three PO really. But uh, you know, think about R two. You know, he he gets captured by the you know the Jawas, gets sold to Luke, and then breaks away. So, I think what still would happen is that you'd still have the Emperor would at this point would advance his plans for the Death Star. So, you'd probably be more of a dominant force. But ultimately, I think R two is still going to make it to uh, Obi Wan.
1: But how is that? Let's because think about it. If they're not on. Tatooine, and they're not caught by the Jawas, sold to Luke and his fucking uncle and aunt. How would they have? How would they have come across Ben? Because
2: it's not chance that uh, that R two finds Ben. It's chance that R two finds Luke. R2's mission was to find Ben Kenobi. So even if he lands on some other planet, uh, fucking Dagobah, you know what I mean? He's gonna wait around and wait around till a, a planet land, a, a, sh- a ship lands, and then get taken on there, and then wait for a chance to get away. It may take fifty years, but I think R2's fucking objective was to get to Ben Kenobi. And whatever he did, that little motherfucking robot was gonna do it. Okay, but well, think I about
3: think the, that. And I think the odds are. He could have landed on any one of a billion planets and there would have been one of probably seven other characters that we already know of would have found him.
1: But think about it in this sense, how that would affect things, because Downs, you brought up what in your uh, situation, you're saying even if it took 10, 15 years, well... What how would the Empire advance their plans in 10 15 years if Luke and fucking Ben weren't on Tatooine with the droids, didn't go to Mos Eisley, didn't meet with Han and, Han and Chewie flo- flew up to rescue the princess at that exact point? If that all if they're not there for all of those pe- people to meet, yeah, you know, maybe eventually he would have stumbled upon someone who knew Obi-Wan, but think about The the Empire could have been considerably stronger, could have wiped out more planets than just fucking Alderaan at that point.
0: But even the chance of them finding Obi-Wan would be a really slim bet, because essentially, he was the crazy hermit of a friggin' desert planet. He wasn't exactly getting his name out there on the friggin' LinkedIn or shit like that.
3: (laughs) Of course, he didn't bother changing his last name either.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, but... um. I was going to say, oh, no, I totally agree, DJ, but let's not forget, the only real reason that they have the Death Star at this point, you know, when we first saw Star Wars, it seemed like the Death Star was a big deal, but at this point, the Emperor and the Rebellion, the Emperor has control of the galaxy. The only thing the Death Star is here to do is to shut down the Rebellion once and for all. So I think what happens is, is that it's like another 10 or 15 years before there's a, there's an uprising of power, and maybe it's not Luke, maybe it's Luke's kid or something to, you know, to, to exactly agree with what you're saying is I think it dramatically, dramatically would have changed the life of
1: this story. I think it would. I don't think Han and Chewie ultimately would have ever been involved in the in the actual rebellion. I think that uh, without the droids there setting all those, uh, you know, players in motion, Han and them are gone. So there, I, I don't think they would have ever crossed paths with Luke and and, uh, and Ben Kenobi.
0: But the bigger question it makes me ask is actually Ben Kenobi's kind of role in the whole thing. Like, if those droids didn't land on Tatooine, what was he doing really? Is he was he keeping an eye on Luke, or something? Or was he just sitting around his cave, trying not to let anybody know that he's a Jedi and get freaking
3: poached? Yeah, he was supposed to be just keeping an eye on Luke. I mean, it's not like uh, it's not like Princess Leia was, uh, you know, flying or you know, in her ship heading. To, to meet him anyway she, she realized they're, they're caught by vader uh who do we know that's friendly on this planet that we can send this message to that's that's why the droids were sent to kenobi like i don't think there was ever any intention of like basically waking the old man up out of his cave until they realized like we just got pulled over
0: i just wonder why the hell ben kenobi didn't friggin take an active influence on luke's life when he was much younger and start his training Well,
1: here's it. That's actually you bring up a good point, Christian. Then let's say then, as as far as this scenario goes, droids aren't on Tatooine at that moment. So does Obi Wan eventually get his ass in gear and go? I got to get involved in fucking Luke's life here, beyond just him kind of him having to come find me because he has this fucking message from a princess.
3: Well, uh, if Alderaan still got blown up anyway, I'd imagine he would have felt that. Maybe then he would have snapped out of it.
1: So what you're saying is uh, Luke eventually would have still joined the rebellion and trying to thwart the Empire because Obi-Wan would have at some point, I don't know what age he was waiting for, would have kind of come around and said, oh, shit, I better get fucking Anakin's kid uh, in this fight. Because it seems like he was just sitting around acting all fucking badass crazy. And it just took the it took the droid sending a message for Luke to go out and find them. So, do we think Obi Wan would have eventually shown up and got Luke involved?
0: I guess. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, no. That's, that's all I had to say was I guess. Okay.
2: okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> excellent. Great. Deep point. Wow. Well, well said. Um, I I disagree. What the fuck was he? What, what would have done? What would have put him over the edge? He already hadn't. Luke was already, in in Yoda's eyes, when Yoda first meets him, he's too old. He's past the age. I mean, what the fuck? He's only going to get older and more past the age, so I don't think. But I I think Bennett was, I don't think he was acting like he lost it. I think he was actually out to lunch for
3: a little while, maybe. Yeah, I agree. It's it's kind of a plot hole.
1: It is a little bit. So that's what I mean. Like, the droids are so pivotal, pivotal. To, the, to that story arc, they bring every single character together. That I, I think, I don't know Ben was playing Parcheesi in some fucking caves and uh, Tatooine. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. <laughs> uh, so maybe you're right. I mean, maybe without the droids being there, the Empire would have asserted more control over the universe. And uh, and the, I don't mean who someone else would have risen to try to like be the champion of the rebellion.
0: Well, unless, say, the droids landed on, say, Dagobah, then it would probably be somewhat similar storyline that we know now.
1: So what, by that you're saying they would have recruited Yoda? Yeah. But then, to me, it sounds like Yoda would have probably just pointed their asses back to fucking Tatooine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but he would pretend not to be Yoda at first and fuck with their heads, and then say, okay, I'm Yoda. Yoda I am. (laughs) Ben Kenobi's over there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So interesting stuff guys uh let's move on to our next what if scenario uh and this one is what uh, one of the most famous parts in also a new hope but this is what if Greedo did shoot first and killed han with that shot so it was a fucking kill shot what would have happened there
0: Off, <laughs> I, 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 I I I think it's actually it'd be kind of interesting what would happen if he just kind of like wounded him. You know what I mean? Then if he was like wounded, he wouldn't be able to make those friggin' daring escape friggin' flights while he's uh, being chased by the Empire. If he's got like a gut wound, uh. <laughs> have to assume
2: is that, uh, the first thing we have to assume is that if Greedo shot first, Chewbacca killed Greedo next.
3: Or maybe Chewbacca becomes Greedo's. Maybe maybe Greedo gets Millennium Falcon and Chewbacca now. And Chewbacca is Chewbacca.
0: Is, subservient to like? Is it like Chew, is, I don't is think Chew- so.
3: Well, actually, so, that's a good point, Dury. So, so you're saying that terrible point. It's a what no,
1: if? <laughs> well, no, it's an interesting point in the path of what our objective is tonight to discuss these like alternate paths that I never thought of it that way. Greedo would then take possession of the Millennium Falcon.
0: No, but I think the bigger thing that to make, take, take note of is that you're basically saying that Han Solo is a slave owner.
3: Well, it's a, it's a Wookiee, uh, life debt. Is what What, Chewbacca has with him. Yeah. Yeah, he saved Chewbacca's life. So that's why Chewbacca is, uh, basically, Han can't get rid of him. Until he dies.
1: How do, so is this one from one of those novels?
3: (laughs) Uh, it very well could be. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so I don't that's know. interesting.
1: So Sounds like you're making it up. You I p- up. I thought
3: that was pretty well-established, actually. I thought everybody knew that, that called themselves a, a geek. Established
0: when? I don't remember any time the movie going. Well, 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 looks like I'm stuck with this hairy bastard because of this life debt. Jesus. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was like his dog.
3: Maybe it was like described really? on, the, on the back of a... Uh, a trading like a, card? Yeah, something like that, maybe. Because I've yeah, worn I, it since I, I was a kid. Like,
1: I always thought they were just... Best mates. I don't know. I just thought they were like liked Bezzy each other's mates. company. Busy mates.
0: <laughs> yeah, Downs thought that freaking Chewbacca was like his pet. That's freaking I that's did. Funny.
2: I thought he was just like his like life like life partner. Like you know what I mean? Like Oh wait, now you're going into some
1: really cr- different territory. <laughs> <laughs> life partner.
2: Like I mean like you know, it's just like he's like his dog, he's his best friend, you know what I mean? Me uh, and my best friend, Me my best friend. You guys are Chewbacca. making me
1: uh,
3: break out the Wikipedia here.
1: Well, wait a minute. So then from this definition, does Greedo kills Han? Are you saying then if he's got this, uh, if, well, from Downs' perspective, if he's just like a pet, well, then he's going to fucking lick Greedo's balls. That's for
2: sure. <laughs> no, he's not. He's going to kill him. He's like, you just kill my best friend. Fuck you.
1: Okay. So you're, in your scenario, Gre- uh, Chewie kills Greedo. Uh, Dury, what about yours? Would then, would the, would Chewie then, become subservient to Greedo in that, in your scenario?
3: Well, actually, I think uh, because Greedo was acting on behalf of uh, Jabba the Hutt, I think the Millennium Falcon would become Jabba's par- uh, property. So it would be up to Jabba what would happen with uh, with the ship. I
0: don't in. think we know what the legalities are of a Wookiee life debt. <laughs>
3: I'm looking it up.
2: Well, I mean, if, 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 if it's a Wookiee life debt, if Han dies... Chewbacca goes back to the Wookiee Planet and dis- and figures out what's left after the fucking
1: Stormtroopers decimated it. Okay, but then think about this. So that that said, let Chewie is not going to hang out with Greedo. He's either killing him or he's saying, like, I'm heading back to Cryshack or whatever the Wookiee Planet name is. This then throws a major f- uh, foil into the fucking plot line of New Hope, though, because Han is a rotting carp- carcass, in Mos Eisley Cantina. So he's not flying the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon is probably now, I mean, he's probably got the keys in his pants. So fucking Greedo is got a hold of that. What does Luke and fucking Obi-Wan and them do now to get off of uh, Tatooine?
3: Well, if uh, if I don't think it would actually change that much, uh, at least at that point, because we know that Obi-Wan can speak or at least understand Chewbacca. Like, he can speak Wookiee or... Has an ear for it, at any rate, because he's he's chatting with him at the bar. So,
1: what the hell are they talking about there, too? I, I really <laughs> I like to know.
3: <laughs> yeah, there, any, there's, there's a lot of hot bitches eh? Like, right?
0: Obi Wan stroking his fur, no split ends. How do you do it? What's the secret <laughs> of the Wookie?
1: <laughs> he goes, oh, no, 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 and it says, "Prell." You know, <laughs> ah. <laughs>
2: I no. want to do a, a Wookiee woman. You, you, you know any Wookiee woman around here?
0: <laughs> yeah. Are the women as hairy as the Wookiee female? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but so you're saying then, Dury, then, that Han dying would not be too pivotal in terms of changing the events of A New Hope.
3: Well, no, I'm sure it would change a lot uh, ultimately, but I mean, I think they'd still get off the planet. With, right, as they, they could with, yeah. with Chewbacca. They just, and right. Chewbacca, and Chewbacca would they probably get there, there as quickly.
2: Well, well I mean, the, the, well, the reality is, is like to to Mark's point is that Obi Wan is a pretty fucking resourceful guy. They will get off the planet. What is much more uh, has more impact if without Han Solo is you know specifically when Luke destroys the fucking Death Star. Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon save his ass and and make that possible. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, while, while it it doesn't affect the story right here, it definitely has a major impact to the rest of the story without such a pivotal, you know, pivotal, uh, military influence and, you know, and even mentor to, to the young,
1: bitchy, whiny Luke Skywalker. Well, that's true. So like from this perspective, then Han being kicked out of the story at that point, sure, they'll get off planet. But you're right. Death Star likely won't be destroyed because Han's not there to fucking help out Luke uh, at that in that need. So it's like, really, there's a major well, change well, help, at that help point. Out
0: Luke what? Help out Luke what? Get get to where they're going quick or
1: no, no, no. While Luke is actually flying down going to shoot and destroy the Death Star, it's the Millennium Falcon that shows up and basically intercepts Vader and his two oh, other TIE okay. fighters.
0: That's true. Because right. I, I was thinking if they hit, had to hitch a ride with some, I don't know, some other space trucker or whatever, to get to wherever the hell they're going to find Leia, <laughs> you know, it, it would almost trucker. work. Yeah, space trucker. Come on, get on board. Blah, blah, blah. Getting them back with the space hogs. Um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> the space yeah. hogs. But Are we going to talk work? about
0: Firefly now? <laughs> it might it, the, the trip may have worked out better in Luke's flavor as far, favor as, far as his training because when he was on the Millennium Falcon, that was pretty much basically cram session for Jedi night, you know, Jedi night school for Christ's sakes.
3: That's true. I uh, I do have uh, a paragraph here about Chewbacca's life, Dad. If anyone cares to hear it, please, yes, tell us, yes, okay. please. From Wikipedia. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! That's fantastic. It's real. <laughs> It's one of my top bookmarks. So Chewbacca's life debt to Han Solo began after Solo. Then an officer in the Imperial Navy saved the Wookiee from slavery. Chewbacca's debt to Solo later expanded to include his wife, Leia, their children, Jason, Jaina, and Anakin, and his brother-in-law, Luke Skywalker. After Chewbacca's death, spoiler, the life debt was carried on by Chewbacca's son, Lumpa Warump, and Holy his nephew, che- Lobaka. No. Wow. How can you not be into Expanded Universe after reading those names? Well, first
1: of all, I can tell you one thing. Who the fuck named Lumpo Romp Rap or whatever the
2: other fucking...
0: Yeah.
2: Chewbacca's uh, fucking nephew's got a better cooler name than Chewbacca's own fucking kid, man.
0: But... the crazy thing is it, it appears like the Wookiee life debt is basically spans generations for crying out loud. Well, I know I you got like
1: Lobaka going, "Who the fuck am I fucking indebted to now?
0: <laughs> why yeah,
1: why
2: am I doing this? <laughs> You're a brother-in-law 20 years ago? Shit, bitch."
3: <laughs> Lobaka with the the Wookiees are really on to something. They just everyone else thinks it's this solemn kind of uh, you know, life debt. Sort of thing that you don't want to turn down because it means so much to the Wookies, and the Wookies are probably just look at it as like you get free transportation, all your meals are provided <laughs> for you. <laughs> you know, trust me, these people are connected. Like you're my- saying, the Wookies are a
1: bunch of fucking freeloaders. Though. I
0: think so. I do. It's
1: looking that my, way,
0: p- my perspective on it was that basically ha- Solo saving uh, Han saving Chewbacca's life was very something. Totally, like pointless. Like he 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 ordered a bad bad order of, of space clams or something. like says, Hey, hey, don't eat that! do fucking, eat. you'll die. And he's like, Oh, life debt. Life debt and My, you, and my I mean,
2: children, my sister's child. That's right. Protects you and your family and your brother in law and all
1: their kids for the rest yeah. of eternity. The Send these space clams back, and I'll have
0: the the Wookiee <laughs> dog or whatever <laughs> he orders.
1: Wow, that's a significant debt, though, eh? you got to say that that's being passed on to generation by generation? Like, wow.
0: Great-great-grandchildren yeah, but- are going like, fuck, i got to listen to what that Jedi says for crying out loud. Jeez. I know. I one of them
1: – you see them with, like, guy with a mohawk and fucking, like,
0: earrings yeah. in his fucking nose yeah. and stuff just, like that? Just because Grandpa wouldn't eat space clams,
3: Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I knew it, especially because, like, you know what? I, I You could understand, like, the – uh maybe it being passed on, but the fact that, like, okay – Han's wife, and then Han's kid, and then Han's brother-in-law, Anakin, and Luke. Like, now we're just, now
0: we're just protecting everybody. I mean, this is getting a little out of, out of control here. I, I can see, like, the the will reading of, like, Han Solo, you know, saying, and these family members and friends going, you know, crossing their fingers. Oh, God, give me the life debt. Please, please.
1: I know. <laughs> will it ever end, says the Wookiees. That's right. Jesus,
3: we're not really using you guys for protection anymore. We just we have some little ones. We really just need some basic cleaning around the house and some <laughs> nannies. <right>. Or a <laughs> so if you could shave, maybe. Yeah, walking
0: back and forth to space school.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's why. That's why I think Dury's right. That's why they expanded it to be all the friends and family because now the all all the Wookies can invite their friends and family into the life debt, and they have places to stay.
3: I think so. There,
0: I'll tell you, based on that, if easily. I live in that universe, I want to go to that freaking Wookiee planet and try to give a bunch of guys the Heimlich while they're eating dinner for crying out loud.
1: <laughs> you okay? Hey, you over there. You're all right?
2: Oh, I saved your life.
3: <laughs> I don't know, man. Why? Why?
2: <laughs> yeah, you, you want to be responsible for a Wookiee and all of his family feeding that shit? I know. That shit? Uh, fuck yeah, that. But, but think
0: all the yard work you'd get done. You can't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did you imagine when the next time we're over at Christian's at the fucking sitting on his couch... Who the fuck is that? Uh, That's
3: Christian's Wookiee, man. He's got a life debt for him. Don't make eye contact. (laughs) Don't make eye contact. Don't touch Christian. Christian. Don't touch Christian. (laughs) Never touch Christian anymore.
1: Well, that's what would happen if Greedo shot fruit. (laughs) I believe the word is going off on a tangent. Um,
3: I have a suggestion. Yes. By the way, rather this can just be an aside, but uh, rather than calling these "what ifs," I think they should be called "what the ifs."
0: <laughs> what the f? No, listen. Uh, when you become a full member of the show, maybe we'll just, we'll just think about changing the name of the show. All right? Oh, yeah. Well,
2: what the fuck is this guy giving us notes, man? He been on here fucking five episodes,
3: bitch. I'm on my I'm on my third beer, so I'm empowered.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all lippy now. <laughs> all right, so let's move on. To another one, what if Qui-Gon, Liam Neeson, for any of those people who uh, don't know that name, rescued rescued Anakin and his mother, Shmi, from Tatooine? So this is back in episode one, The Phantom Menace, when basically uh, Qui-Gon works out a deal that he can save slave. God, there's a lot of slaves in this fucking Star Wars universe, isn't there? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Life
0: debts, not slaves, (laughs) life debts. It's a choice.
1: (laughs) And basically he only negotiates and gets Anakin as part of this deal. Well, what if it worked out that Qui-Gon was a little bit sharper with his negotiation skills here and worked out a deal to to basically uh, to liberate Anakin and his mother from uh, Tatooine? So at this point in uh, The Phantom Menace... When they leave, mommy and son are coming. Well, how would that change the events of not just The Phantom Menace, but all of the films moving forward? Mm.
3: Qui-Gon would have... have had his laundry done a lot more regularly, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so what you... Well, someone's hooking up with Shmi, let's be honest. I was say, he'd
0: have a place to lay his saber down at night, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know
2: what I was going to say? Is Qui-Gon would be dead because he would have fucked Shmi, and then fucking Anakin would have killed him.
1: Okay, but let's. So, as everyone knows who has uh, seen these movies, obviously, it's no even point to say spoilers here. One of the major turning points that turns Anakin to start seeking the guidance of the dark side is because of his mother dying and went on Tatooine when he is gone. So, if she's with him. would that would he would this turn to the dark side ever st- ever happen
3: i i i can't imagine it would have but uh you look at that is such an enormous oversight in the story like how did this kid go for 10 years not uh, not thinking about his mom like not rescuing her like, and the position he finds her in, in the third movie, I don't know if you guys recall this, when he, you know, sort of cuts a hole in the, uh, Tusken Raiders tent and finds his mom, like, trussed up, um, she's, like, kind of in a very compromising position there. Like, she's strapped to, like, a cross, basically, like, chest to it. Kind well, of, let's uh, be honest, like, yeah, it's so pretty gross. Yeah. Know? The,
1: the um, sand people were, uh, fucking, uh, Let's uh, you know digging some tunnels, if you will.
3: Yeah, they were not using her for her cleaning abilities.
1: <laughs> oh, so you're thinking uh, he would not turn to the dark side then if Shmi was with them?
3: I think probably not. No, but that's why I think it really. As the movies are now, it shows the Jedi to be pretty ignorant. Yeah, like, get on
0: this stick, you lazy fucking bastards! They freaking just, you know, freaking are the biggest procrastinators I've ever heard of. When you think about it, you know, Obi Wan spending like, te- ah, they better train that stupid kid over in the moisture yeah. farm for crazy sakes. So I guess you know. And now he takes forever to go visit his own goddamn mother? I mean, Jesus, he grows a ponytail, but can't visit his mother?
3: Like, okay, so they they think Anakin is this fabled chosen one. Do you think it may be worth, I don't know, rescuing the woman who gave birth to him? Yeah, or or the fact that that she's actually... If you look at, like, you know, modern religion, it's like everyone loves Jesus. I guess that's a Christian. And Mother Mary... You know, she's right up there. You'd think Shmi would at least warrant some kind of courtesy, maybe. <laughs> like you know, not yeah. No, you know, like, if, I'm, if I'm developing,
0: if I'm developing superpowers, you know, it might. Th- I might think to myself, "Hey, maybe I should use these superpowers to, you know, rescue my mother who is a slave." Yeah, <laughs> well, like right? actually, that's
1: a very good point because I get it at the time of the Phantom Menace moment that they could only leave with the boy. They were fascinated by his powers, etc. But don't you think, because you're right, when we leave off, the events in The Phantom Menace would probably continue as is uh, at that point. But once The Phantom Menace is over and Anakin starts to grow I mean, the next time we see him in in The Attack of the Clones, he's at least 16, 17. I mean, at least. How in the world has he not... Gone and said, "Yo, uh, does anyone want to help me out? You know, getting my mom. Yeah, like well, I uh, mean,
2: be like, like... like this is. Sorry, can I get in? Yeah. Um, you know, like I, this is a huge oversight by the Jedi, right? And some would even say maybe diverse, uh deservedly so, because you know they were taking all these kids and put making them into these Jedi, you know, and and ignoring their their families. Qui Gon should have never left the planet without Shmi." I mean, he could have bet some side deal for a fucking, to get some money to buy a slave. She's not that expensive. You know what I mean? That was ridiculous. But then Yoda, if you got all this, this insight into this guy is going to be this potentially the, the savior or the, the ultimate evil. It isn't if you think he's going to be evil. Don't like to your guys point. Don't you want to keep him fucking happy? You know what I mean? I Throw bitches in his way. Whatever you want to do, I would think. You know what I mean? And like, that's that's their own fault that they all get killed and they get hunted down because they had the opportunity to keep this under control and they pissed it away.
1: And here's a question: Why was Qui-Gon so a, either A, intimidated or B, respectful of this fucking slave contract with yeah. that little flying fucking monster
0: guy? Yeah, the guy's fucking two feet tall. Couldn't they send a Jedi who knew A how to barter or had a bigger purse, for Christ's sakes? You know? He's like, take 50, now. All right, we'll just take the boys. See you later.
1: Why not just fucking go? Listen, dude, I'm taking both of them. I'm gonna use a Jedi mind trick on you. I'm taking both of them, and that's at it. So, like, go over there and fix a fucking ship.
3: Uh, Jedi mind Uh, tricks do not work on Toydarians. That's right. Uh, But yeah, but you know
2: what? I got got a
1: fucking
0: lightsaber, man. Fuck off. I was gonna say that's what works on Toydarians is a lightsaber (laughs) to the throat. Yeah, I mean Darth Maul, he ain't. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it's this little fucking guy. What's his name, Dury? The, that character, Watto. Watto. Yeah, like, like it's, it's like. Watto. I like that guy. Don't get me wrong. I thought that's a that's a fun little character. But it's like, yeah. why was he so respectful to this? Why couldn't he have said, "The boy and the mother. That's all that I'm having." So you know, step off, fucking Watto. Like,
3: Wagon is so gruff and like with everybody else, but apparently he's very respectful for like you know. Great negotiations, like, yeah, okay. three, three foot fucking,
1: three foot winged imps. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> oh, you know, like, look out! I, I don't want to, you know, cro- you know, cross the line with this motherfucker.
0: But uh, so, <laughs> yeah, look at what, Anakin scratching his head. Did you really love your mother? Come on, let's go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so do you guys? Uh, Dury's already said this. Christian and Downs, do you think? If Shmi was now involved in the events of the Phantom Menace, because she's right there with them, they'd still have to, you know, uh, help out the problems with Naboo and the, uh, you know, the Trade Federation. Would, would Anakin now not go to the dark side if his mom was with him and or saved? Um, you know,
2: definitely not. Fear leads to pain. Pain leads to suffering. Suffering leads to anger. Anger leads to the dark side. There is no way he would have he would have no compulsion to do all that without if she if she was not what happened to her didn't happen.
0: That's totally. That's that's an excellent. That's an excellent point. Okay, so here's what
3: though. I think there are probably millions of angry teenage boys who have you know who live at home with their moms and yet still are very angry and goth and who knows maybe anakin would have gone bad much quicker just well, here's, like,
1: here's a question during that you uh, kind of what i just picked up from what you're saying then if it's not anakin would the emperor at least or uh palpatine would he have still uh you know it's uh, claimed his power because he was already in position to doing that he was angling at it at this point point regardless of the of the boy would he have w- would things have still happened Would the empire have still been created and he have just gotten himself another sith lord and you know the empire and the rebellion and all of the events in four five and six would happen just sort of in a different way
3: yeah well i think uh you know he ended up having um another apprentice after maul anyway what was his uh dooku Christ- yeah christopher lee's character there which they never really kind of explained how that happened so you get the impression he kind of goes through them pretty regularly yeah i think, I guess, I think but, eventually
0: uh, i think anakin's mom would have been a basically a chess piece that would be could have been played even later on to basically get anakin over to the dark side you
3: know or maybe uh palpatine would have uh tried to have a kid with her that would have been the smart thing to do.
1: So real, so realistically, though. Uh, so Christian, from your perspective, is the Emperor uh, Palpatine was still so knowing that uh, Anakin had all this potential that he could still have used some way to sway him into the dark
0: side. Just yeah, his mom, yeah, create some scenario where he kills his mother or something like that. You know, some friggin' intrigue or something like that. I, I see. Basically, I see uh, Anakin's mother being a real big pain in the ass once she gets released from slavery. You know, comes <laughs> running out with two gi- gigantic suitcases and a funny hat. Wait for me! Whoa! <laughs> you know, that's how I see it. Like she, she really it makes Anakin a mama's boy. You know, hey, come to the dark side. Wait, I gotta ask my mom first, please. I'm you know? free. I'm. Free. Or maybe there's
3: just this this constant, you know. uh Turn style you know, of boyfriends, new boyfriends coming in and out of their their homestead. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Love droids. <right. laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. no, you, know, you know what? I, I think, to all seriousness, though, I think Christian has a pretty good point that, you know, her character is probably more of a pain in the ass to Anakin, and Palpatine would use something to to get her to expose that emotional baggage that pushes them to the edge of the dark side. So that's a pretty good point, actually.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Cool. All right, so let's move on to another one, and this one is designed for Christian Nielsen. This was something that he requested we speak about because we can't have a what-if conversation that don't involve Jawas. So let's get into this. (laughs) What if it was the Jawas that lived on Endor instead of the Ewoks? How would this have changed the events of Return of the Jedi? Oh, boy.
0: How would it change the events? I think, first of all, you have to take consideration the landscape of planet Endor. You know what I mean? Like I, I would think that l- possibly Endor would not be uh, a, a lush uh, like jungle planet. I think it would be a lot of clear-cut logging
3: and strip mining going <laughs> on,
0: first of all.
3: I don't know if they uh, would be... Cutting stuff down. I think they're more like salvagers, but I suppose that could, uh. Well,
0: I mean, Christ's sakes, they built the sand crawler, I'm assuming, right? I mean, they gotta be fucking kind of resourceful in using their resources. Uh, uh, no,
3: they did not actually build the sand crawler. So yeah, they probably
0: yeah. purchased that.
3: Yeah, it's from a mining operation. They just fixed it.
1: Expanded well, universe. But that said, uh, how would that. The, uh, they, they land on Endor and they gotta, you know, shut off that fucking tractor beam thingamajig. And well, the, go, so,
2: you know, they didn't know what they'd have to do? They'd have to pay the Jawas to help them. Because what they'd have to do, it'd have to be like, <laughs> you know, those, those guys over there, listen, you can have the building when we leave and all the technology left over, <laughs> and here's a hundred bucks to join us, come kill these guys with
3: us. And well, like, there'd be the battle would be going on, like, against the Empire, and they would just be, like, salvaging for parts. Like, they'd take a guy down, and, like, rather than keep shooting, they just, Basically, start dismantling the ATSTs, and
1: they would be no there. help in that battle. Like you know, no. God bless the stupid fucking Ewoks, but at least they were you know, uh, you know, throwing logs at those AT walkers and tripping people up and throwing boas with fucking rocks in them. Jawas aren't doing anything, so they're not helping Han and that team at all. But I bet you they'd be a lot more helpful in fucking shutting down that beam, the tractor beam, pretty goddamn fast because I think they're kind of technically savvy, right?
3: I guess those tiny little hands. <laughs> well, they'd all have to. Four of them
1: would have to stand on the shoulders to get up and go like the fucking work the thing.
0: <laughs> and those glowy little eyes. No, but when I was talking about friggin' Jawas, I my proposal about a conversation about Jawas because I think Jawas are funny. I thought, what if in the Star Wars universe instead of R two D two, it was a Jawa which I thought would be hilarious. You know, Princess Leia trying to explain to the Jawa what the mission was and the message she, he was supposed to get to Obi-Wan, Ben Kenobi. And then this Jawa yeah. trying to explain it, you know, with, like, you know, pantomime and shit like that. The Jawa wouldn't get a chance to explain it because when the uh, escape
2: pod left the ship and they saw that there was uh, one robot and one real-life sign, it would have got blown out of the air
1: and the story would have been over then.
0: Oh, good Wait. point.
1: That's that's why, Christian, we didn't do that stupid scenario. See, I have
0: that mental picture of, like, you know, there's Luke and an X-Wing fighter with a Jawa in the same seat where R2-D2 was trying to (laughs) shoot down X-Wings. Ah!
3: (laughs) Can't breathe. Can't breathe. (laughs)
1: Heads exploding and shit like that. So, but for the scenario of that, with them living on Endor, would they have helped the the rebellion, and would, uh, would the same events have kind of occurred in the sense that Han and his team would have found a way to finally shut down that uh, the Death Star's, uh, What well, I guess, what a, what was it, the shield or energy shield?
0: shield? If, yeah, the, price right. Right. Yeah, if the price, price was right. Yeah, I think that's a good point. You'd have to bribe them. And the after party would pretty much stink, I think. I mean, <laughs> yeah, probably
1: wouldn't be quite as festive, let's be honest, with the Jawas we're hosting. They wouldn't have as good they're a music. Very,
3: they're very shy. Yeah, and These they're not cuddly. very cuddly. <laughs> you know, they like to hide in the shadows. You know what? They're like they, they. I think they probably are a great deal more competent than Han Solo was in that movie because he is completely fucking useless on Endor. He he really bungles it. So I mean, I, I think having the Jawas there would probably help a great deal.
1: That's what I mean. I think the having the Jawas there at least would get that. Shield shut down quicker, I just think they would be no help whatsoever fucking ever in the battle against the stormtroopers. But that is the worst squadron of stormtroopers ever. <laughs> the ones that they put on Endor. I'm just making a note there. Those guys lose so bad to a bunch of fucking, like, Muppets.
3: And I think the Emperor refers to them as, like, his best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think, like, elite doesn't squadron. not he tell Luke that when, when he's, like, basically rubbing it in up on the Death Star in the throne room, you know, as he's about to school him. I think he tells Luke that, like, a squadron of his best troopers are right now waiting for your friends. Yeah, but those speeder bike guys had pretty cool fucking armor. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, but they they were just too busy
2: flashing out their armor and looking at their bikes to fucking be be, doing any good. (laughs) You know what I always wondered? Ridden by two Ewoks, one fucking backwards on the goddamn (laughs) thing.
1: You know what I always wondered, though, was... Who's designing these other Stormtrooper outfits, man? There's, like, Stormtrooper outfits, but then it's like, when you're on Hoth, you got to wear this outfit. And then there's, when you're on Endor, there's a special fucking Stormtrooper outfit. Like, there's clearly a Stormtrooper tailor that's doing fashion shows for all these
3: guys. Stormtrooper
0: it's, armorer.
3: It's, it's <laughs> someone who doesn't quite understand the concept of camouflage either. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Black and white,
3: for Christ's sakes! <laughs>
2: yeah, and
0: Tatooine. Oh,
3: great, finally, we're gonna blend yeah. in.
1: <laughs> Says the the stormtrooper, and he has one of those fucking uh, measuring tapes around his neck with fucking uh, like one of those like the little.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the, the one thing you don't know, you didn't know from Empire Strikes Back, uh, was that the stormtroopers on Hoth all decided not to wear their friggin' ceremonial bright orange because That was part of the uniform. <laughs> leave them yeah some guy forgot to pack those ones i ain't wearing that toque, no fucking way man
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right let's move on to our next one and this is what if the millennium falcon showed up 15 minutes earlier to cloud city now this is a a, a, you know a moment about two-thirds of the way in the empire strikes back clearly the best of all of the star wars films and uh what happens on uh if you don't remember while they're on cloud city uh vader and the empire are basically setting them up for an ambush in a dining room so what how would the events have changed if han and them had hap- you know had gotten a bypass of fucking space traffic and gotten there 15 minutes earlier <laughs> Right as the caterers are going in <laughs> you know someone had to set that table yeah.
0: <laughs> Like, who's Bo- who's planning the menu? So Boba what's has got his helmet on. What, 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 what do you see for this, uh, for this evening, you know? <laughs> We've told you it's an ambush. Get this fucking caterer away from me. There's no, We're not eating.
3: Vader and Boba All right. Fett just chatting there with their helmets off. You Space clams for everyone. I mean, looks familiar. I'm a clone, you fucker. <laughs>
1: Because that would have thrown some serious shit off. Because we all know, we've joked about this on the podcast before, that there was some serious planning involved that they were setting up Vader and the team to be in this dining room for fucking Lando to bring in Han and uh, Leia and them. So that would have looked rather awkward if all of a sudden they would have showed up 15 minutes earlier and it would have been like...
0: Places, everyone, places! Yeah, Lando's having a smoke on the landing pad. You know, holy fuck, what the hell? The hell? Hey, hey, how you doing? You want to give me a tour of the ship? It's been long, so long since I've seen her. <laughs> May play me a game of that 3D chess shit you got on the freaking uh, Lido deck. Let's stay out here. It's such a nice night. Mm, breathe that Cloud City air. Wow. Try <laughs> 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 You
3: just got Lobot in the corner there, the bald guy, like the cyborg guy just kind of not blinking and then finally taps lando on the shoulder Says, we're good
1: <laughs> yeah what looks points at his like
0: watch that's not there thumbs up so you have you done the kessel run lately
3: <laughs> because 12 parts actually say wow
1: that wow. is fun. here's a question though did lando know that han was showing up to cloud city
2: Okay, so if you want a serious answer to this question, I thought about this seriously. Um, thank you. you know, <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh, Mike Downs takes the high road. <laughs> I just, I just mean that when I was thinking about this, I was like, well, you know what? If they know that Luke and and or that and these guys are all going to be on the Millennium Falcon, I assume that it had to be kind of a tight schedule. You know what I mean? Like they're only just going to make it just in time. So I thought if they showed up, they'd actually catch. Some Star Destroyers sitting there. Like I, I don't imagine there'd be, like, everyone hanging out for an hour or two. I had it kind of down to the minute. You know what I mean? That, so it was like, everybody, come on, hide, hide. And so if they showed up 15 minutes early, it was like the jig was up and, and, and when I imagined it.
1: Yeah, that's what I would think, too. It's like I can't imagine, to your point, Downs, that they were killing time, that there were stormtroopers playing jacks on the ground and Vader's walking around with his hands in his pockets <laughs> looking at
0: Lando how much do you pay for rent around here? It's nice.
1: <laughs> you know, <they're>
0: just like <laughs> So what are the penthouse uh, condos like?
1: <laughs> so, you're down, so you're saying that they would have been caught with their proverbial pants down if they showed up 15 minutes earlier.
2: Uh, I think so. And, I, and in fact, I think this would have dramatically changed things because I think Han Solo would have not been frozen in carbonite. I think they would have hightailed out of there and got away.
1: Oh, so you're saying they wouldn't even have landed on Cloud City.
2: Well, no, because I think when they would have got there, there w- like I, you know, there would have been some sensors or something, been like, "Holy fuck, there's imperial ships here! Let's get the shit out of here."
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. So then that would change shit a lot because potentially Luke would well, not, well, not potentially Luke would never have had that uh, incredible fucking lightsaber battle with his uh, with uh, Vader and had the reveal that he it's his father. Now, presumably, that would happen at a later point or somewhere <laughs> else.
0: Yeah, he would have said. Darth Vader would have sent Luke an e-card, you know, check his email on the Millennium Falcon. What's this, Vader? Hey, email? <laughs> Miss Chewing Cloud City wanted to say, hey, I'm your daddy.
1: <laughs> Luke, Luke on his computer? Darth Vader just added me as a friend on Facebook. What the fuck? <laughs>
0: What's a BFF? <laughs>
1: So that's interesting, Dan. So you think uh, they would have completely not landed on Cloud City, but the events probably still would have transpired somewhat similarly. Luke might have not lost a hand, but there would have been an, an eventual confrontation with Vader later, right?
3: Yes. Well, they would have, they would have caught them then, because the Millennium Falcon's hyperdrive was busted. That's why they needed to get somewhere close. Oh. So they, they were not moving at top speed, so they All would right. have just run them down.
1: Oh, oh but, they, so that's they, from that point though. Okay, so that Luke would still leave Dagobah to go save his friends because he'd know they'd be in trouble because they would have been captured by the Empire. But it, Downs, you brought this up before. Han would never have been frozen in carbonite, and that whole jet, uh, J- Jabba sequence would be gone.
2: Well, not not if they get caught. If they get caught, uh, you know, uh, D- Vader's still going to hand him over to Boba Fett. Yeah,
0: but but if they somehow miraculously escaped. You know, like, you know, doing some crazy shit. Well, that's what I mean, went. but, like,
1: how is he free- freezing him in carbonite on the fucking a Star Destroyer?
3: Well, he may not He's be not. freezing him, but but he'd still be going with Boba Fett. Oh, okay. You mean
1: he just put him over as, like, a prisoner and Boba Fett would take him to Jabba like that?
3: Yeah. I, well, I think assume, Boba I Fett was the, was the key to them knowing where they were going, right? Like, right. Boba Fett followed them right, and kind of, like, radioed ahead, I think, is how it worked. Interesting. So, so it's his capture, I think. Like the.
1: Well, okay. Well, that's that. That's interesting stuff. Okay, so
0: um, I've got. I just our I, whole conversation. I, not to I take things off track too much. I just came to kind of a realization about something. What What happens when storm troop, like a bunch of stormtroopers go on shore leave? Don't they go to the bars and try to pick up chicks? But they all look the same. <laughs> Did I meet you last time? Never mind. <laughs> I it was kind of interesting. There's, there's Some chicks who are probably into that. I mean, but. Did I meet you last time you were here? No, no, I've never met before.
1: <laughs> well, that's nice. why, like, the stormtroopers, when they're playing their shore leaves, they're like, where are you going, Coruscant? I'm not, I'm not. They all have to, like, I, I called it, man. <laughs> they can't go to the same place at all. But then, if, you've ever, if you've actually watched the Clone Wars cartoon, this is not to get confusing here. This is when the stormtroopers, I'm using air quotes there, are good guys. They do something kind of neat in this where they've actually each kind of created their own identity in a certain respect. Some of them have different haircuts. Some of them, like, they paint their armor differently. They're all given different names and stuff like that. So I don't know if that would have con- continued while they were in the Empire.
2: Well, actually, that's a great That's a great point that I've – sorry, uh, Mark, but that's a great point of the one episode I've seen of that show. And that I think they've done a really good job of – making the the though at that point the clones into you know characters that can be repeated and that's something that they never did in the movies they've actually never aside from Django now in the in the prequels given any of the stormtroopers any
0: any depth at all when I was a kid I thought they were robots oh I did too totally yeah I wrote stories about stormtroopers where I, I basically you know they dug out their robot parts to wear their armor
1: I thought they were too and then I remember uh remember how when you were in elementary school they you always had to go. Uh, draw a picture of what your dad does for a living and whatever. So, Andrew Bloom, who's not with us right now, drew a picture of his dad as a stormtrooper. He thought his dad was a stormtrooper for his job. Really? So he, clear- he clearly had the foresight that there was a man underneath that armor at a young
3: age. Or he just liked drawing stormtroopers. <laughs> or he thought his dad was
2: cold and emotionless and was like a robot and
0: worked for the Empire. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, so let's do one more here, guys, uh, before we finish up. And uh, this one could be short, but could lead into some heated conversation. Um, what if George Lucas didn't direct the three prequel movies? <laughs> they could have been good. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I think I think he had that. Bring the, it brings to mind. Like, what alternatives are we suggesting?
3: Well, you know, like, Empire Strikes Back, which I think everybody uh, like
0: Nor probably Efron, agrees. Like, if, if Nor Ephron was to direct them, then it could be <laughs> even worse. <No>. <laughs> <laughs> what
3: were you going to say, Dury? I'm sorry? Um, Irvin Kershner does Empire Strikes Back. I mean, it's not exactly, you know, many people really, like, follow anything else he's done but he was a pretty conservative, just, you know, uptight, older British director. And look what he did with that material. Like, he really came at it from a, a fresh angle and treated it very seriously. Um And the results speak for themselves. Whereas, like, strangely enough, George Lucas seems incapable of actually treating his very own material with the same seriousness that the fans, you know, do. So I think... uh it, it definitely would have been better if uh, he hadn't directed them, if he just basically given the green light and maybe signed off on a few overall story arcs, but just turned it over to someone else.
1: I think Lucas, uh, you know, has an incredible amount of creative vision. I'm not going to knock that guy at all for that. And, uh, you know, a producer credit, if he wants to be hands-on on character designs, names, world, all, world building, all that shit, mm-hmm. what he does have a significant problem with uh is dealing with actors. I mean, like he does he literally uh the acting was a big problem in this. There were some rumors, I or maybe this was just fan created uh hoopla while these films were coming out that there was talks of, you know, David Fincher was going to uh direct, you know, part two or part three of the original of this new uh trilogy. There was yeah. also a couple rumors that Spielberg was going to do episode three and actually he ghost directed a couple scenes. In fact, there's, I mean, there is still a rumor to this day that Spielberg had his hands in directing the battle between Yoda and the emperor in the Senate chamber, that that was actually Spielberg uh, was heavily involved in directing those sequences. Mm, So, so, yeah, I agree with Dury that would these films be different? Fucking right, they would be. Uh, you know, I think,
0: uh, I think I think if George Lucas took a little bit of time to friggin' maybe spitball with other professionals who are very knew the series very well as well, that you know, point out some of the humongous shitty ass plot holes that yeah. he could have built a better script. You know what I mean? Like, like there would, is.
3: Who was questioning
0: him on any of that, on the choices that he
3: made? And that's the strange thing, uh, not to be talking over you there, but uh, Lucasfilm or LucasArts or whatever the whole parent company is, they have a guy named, um, I think it's Steven Sandsweet. And he's basically like the Star Wars historian. Like anytime you are making like a comic for Dark Horse or expanded universe novel or you're working on like the the plot outlines of a new video game. This is the guy you talk to who attempts to make sure that everything fits together with everything else in the timeline. And it's like rather than kinda of, like consult with a guy and figure out what fits, what's appropriate, what would maybe add some extra value to these already existing properties, they just kinda of, like retconned the whole fucking thing. And just walked all over whatever had already happened and are leaving it to everyone else to just kind of adapt to whatever George wanted to do. It's if, they, if they just consulted the guy, I'm sure he could have said, you know, it would be really awesome if you didn't do, you know, if you didn't have a fucking Gungan in it that talks like a retarded Jamaican, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know.
1: What do you think, Dan? Yeah, yeah you
2: know, I, I think that, uh, you know, that I. you talk we've talked a couple times about missed opportunities. I think that had they been smart... They would have brought in your David Finchers and Steven Spielbergs and really blown people's minds by, by putting this, this these properties into some great director's hands and done some shit that was crazy you know i think that that's something that uh, if there was ever say a part seven eight nine that's something that might happen going forward because i think they realize the folly of their ways uh you know george lucas should definitely not be the guy who's making the decision the final decision on what these films are he's just not the guy um he's he's the creative visionary who created the universe and, and imagines it but he's not the best director uh in, in the camp that's for sure
1: so I think it's a that that's a unanimous that the films, you know, despite the fact that I I, I there were a, there was a lot of stuff that I enjoyed of those first three prequels. In fact, I, I think uh, Revenge of the Sith is not perfect, but it's a pretty goddamn fun film, and I still you know don't mind Attack of the Clones. But there's a lot wrong with those films, and they could have been a lot better, a lot more special if they had other. Uh, directors behind uh, behind the camera. That's without question. So I think we all agree on that one. So I think that's going to do it for us for What If Star Wars. We'll definitely be doing another What If uh episode in the future, so keep an ear out for that. So let's, before we wrap this up, let's get into our Atomic Picks. Yes, our Atomic Picks. Alright, so why don't we start off with christian nielsen
0: well uh many uh, moons ago i was uh seduced by one of our fellow podcasters into uh, getting a free offer from audible.com which required me to give them my credit card number and you know reap the benefits of getting a free audiobook uh this eventually you know due to my own ineptitude turned into a many many more credits <laughs> charged to my credit card and one of the uh Audible selections that I chose and have listened to lately is Here on Gilligan's Isle, which is basically an unabridged uh, history of the story of the Gilligan's Island TV show, read by and written by Russell Johnson, who you might know as The Professor. Ah, pretty interesting. A lot of stuff I didn't know about the show that I know now, eh, didn't really burn my doors down, but still... If you got a free Audible credit, why not use it to listen to that? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you really convinced what a, me. What a, <laughs> what a <fellow laughs> job on <laughs> that one. <laughs> oh, it it wasn't
0: bad. There were some little bits of Gilligan's Island trivia that I no, didn't know before. It's always kind of neat getting the weird perspective and stuff like that. Uh, but it was kind of like at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, I kind of regret taking the role of the fucking professor. But, you know, what the fuck are you going to do? I live my life now.
1: <laughs> All right. So, uh- Michael Downs.
0: Okay, I
2: got two words for you. Breaking bad. Um oh, holy shit. Is well, this TV show good? Um I'm sorry Mark Dury, but goddamn, uh, especially I don't know whatever episode was the most recent, but uh we're about 6 or 7 into the second season or third season maybe. Um holy fuck, and I'll tell you what, this show is so good. We're talking uh best television show on TV period. Uh maybe better than Sopranos, maybe better than The Wire. You have got to get on this show and get onto it quick. If you have not seen Breaking Bad, get the fuck out and watch it. Brian canston amazing, amazing, amazing work. This show deserves all kinds of awards.
3: You know, uh since that was actually the one I was going to say, I'll just uh expand very briefly on what Downs has said. Um, it's season three. Uh, if, if you don't know the basic premise of Breaking Bad, it's, uh, I'll try and do it very briefly here, but, uh, Brian Cranston, the dad from, what was that show? Malcolm in the Middle? Yeah. Good show. Yeah, and, like, he was a goofy, silly dad on that, and maybe that doesn't conjure up any confidence in what Breaking Bad would be, but, he is amazing in this show. He's got a shaved head. He's, you know, total badass looking. But his character essentially is this a bit of a timid kind of uh, underachieving high school chemistry teacher who finds out that he's got terminal cancer. And... uh He has a family, a son who has uh, cerebral palsy, a younger wife who's just given birth or is pregnant at the time, I think, with a baby girl. And he's worried about how to pay for his treatment, how to leave money for his family. And he ends up making crystal meth and selling it and getting wrapped up in the whole uh, drug underworld out in New Mexico. And he's got a brother-in-law in law law enforcement who's connected to the the, uh, drug enforcement agency. So needless to say, the setup is basically a normal guy starts making meth, and it's like the best meth ever made, and everybody wants it, and everybody's looking for who's making it. And the tension in this show, the setups they do, the payoffs, just fucking unbelievable. Very well directed. It's played very straight. Uh, it's not overly melodramatic. It's just edge-of-your-seat television. It's not network. It's, it's like HBO, but AMC, I suppose. Cool. i have
1: to check that out. Uh, and now for my atomic pick final 2010 resolution update. That's right. I was watching Buffy the vampire slayer as part of my resolution this year. And I've just finished the seventh and final season of Buffy. Uh, and I got to tell you fucking great final season. I you really, I know <laughs> what's that.
0: You did it. Hooray. I you did it. Through. Yes.
1: Uh, No. So a great final season of Buffy. I knew there was some mixed feelings. Uh, I know Downs had mentioned before he didn't love the way the show ended. I thought it was top notch. I would say, uh, Buffy season seven was up there with probably one of the top seasons for me. Great, great stuff. Very cool. Epic, big, uh, ending to the series definitely left you with a a couple pivotal deaths and some question marks. Uh, Really, really fun stuff. So I would say season seven would be up there, at least in the top two, three seasons of the show. My thoughts overall on Buffy: I get it now. I totally get it. One of the greatest TV series I would say of all time. I understand why geeks squawk about this. I like to think of it as this is North America's answer to Doctor Who. That's probably the closest analogy to I uh, uh, analogy in terms of a, a program. If you've never watched it, like I did, uh, definitely grab it. It's fucking fantastic. So what's next, faithful listener, for Mr. Giovanni? Well, all five seasons of Angel are bought. And I am into season one, and I am halfway into Buffy... Season 8. That's right. For those of you that don't know, Joss Whedon and his crew of television writers and some of the top comic writers have done the official Season 8 as a graphic novel through Dark Horse Comics. Uh, halfway through that, I'll let you know my thoughts later. So definitely more Whedonverse stuff ahead for Mr. DiGiovanni. So look for updates later. Well, you so, know what
2: it, so- it sounds like maybe next time Bloom's away we could finally have a, a Buffy episode
1: yeah definitely I think that's we're probably due no. so <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's going to do it for us for episode 64 of the Atomic Geeks podcast I uh, just want to thank our guest once again Mark Dury for pinch hitting here for Andrew Bloom thanks again Dury it's always a pleasure having you no problem um, thank you Mark Thanks, Mark. You're the best. <laughs> uh, so guys, just remember if there's you have a there's a ton of ways that you can contact us and interact with us on through all of the social media. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and we are but most of all you can visit us at theatomicgeeks.com. And if you listen to our podcast on iTunes, why don't you leave us an iTunes review? We love that stuff. It makes Christian's nipples extremely hard. Oh. You're from If you're from Canada, if you're from the U.K., if you're from the U.S., wherever across God's green earth, leave us an iTunes review. So that's going to do it for us this week. We'll be back soon. Atomic Geeks, out.
0: You've just listened to another episode of The Atomic Geeks. Visit us at theatomicgeeks.com. Production by Andrew Bloom. Title track by Don't Look Down.
1: Your laptop
2: or the actual? No, I used the headset microphone.
0: I don't know. It's uh, here. I'll do something here in a second. Here.
2: Oh, hold on. Oh, wait a sec Okay, wait a second. Maybe I can't hear that. Maybe, maybe. Well, hold on. Let me check Skype. Maybe Skype's taken from the.
3: that's a little better to me now. But...
2: Audio input. No, there you go. just right. Hold on.
3: Okay, is this better? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. is that better now? It's like you're right inside my brain. There you go.
2: It was default to back. Uh Look at DJO solving a technical problem. Look at me, technical problem. (laughs)